0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Trading Performance Podcast where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. This is episode number 19, and today I'd like to talk to you about making great decisions. Now, one of the most important factors in your likelihood or your ability to become a a long-term successful trader is your skill or your ability to make great trading decisions. So what I was going to talk to you about today was the four enemies of great decision-making. So enemy number one, is going to be what we call narrow framing. Narrow framing is when you focus in on a, a small amount of evidence or a small amount of options rather than considering all the options that are available to you. Now, an example of narrow framing that I uh, have seen recently is uh, we had a face I had a Facebook video I was watching where there was a child and he was flailing around in the water and he thinks he's going to drown. And the parent comes over and he picks him up And he scans him up on the ground and come to find out the water is only about up to his chest. So there was really no chance of him drowning if he knew what to do. But the reality is there are a lot of people who drown that way. They literally flail until they're completely out of energy and they drown, even though the water is only up to their chest. Well, why do these things happen? Well, as human beings, it's totally natural for us, especially when we get stressed, to narrow in on one form of dealing with it at the expense of a whole bunch of other options that may be completely available to us. And of course, this leads to very bad decision-making. The next thing, or the second enemy to making a great decision would be something that you've probably heard of, and that is confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is when we form an opinion on something, and then we only focus on evidence that confirms that opinion. So uh, again, this is another natural tendency of human beings. Whenever we form an opinion, our mind's biggest desire is to be right. You know, a lot of people think, you know, when I ask them the question, what's the one thing that your mind, and I'm talking about your unconscious mind, wants more than anything else? And it's not money, it's not success, it's not to be loved. What your unconscious mind wants is it wants to be right. This being the case, once we form an opinion on something, we seek out evidence to confirm that opinion. And if we have evidence that doesn't confirm that opinion, we try to generalize it or distort it in a way that it does. And if it doesn't confirm the, the opinion, we throw it out. Meaning we're ignoring evidence to the contrary of what our initial opinion is, and we become more and more sure that our our initial opinion was right. And the third enemy of great decision making is going to be short term stresses and short term emotions. So, again, another na- natural tendency we have, especially when we start to get stressed, is we tend to look for immediate pleasure or to fix the problem immediately. And this being the case, you know, so for example, if you take somebody on a diet and they're a little bit hungry, And they have a choice of eating a salad or they have a choice of eating a birthday cake. It's going to be a natural tendency to go for the item that is more pleasurable. So generally in the short term, it's more pleasurable or it's going to release stress faster if you have a piece of birthday cake, especially if everybody in the the room is prompting you to eat the birthday cake. But in the long term, or what's better for you in the long term is certainly to skip the birthday cake and maybe have a salad if you're hungry. It's going to be a lot better for your body and it's going to be a lot better for your weight later on and for your health in general. It's the same way with trading. When we have short term stresses, our mind focuses in on getting rid of that stress as quickly as possible or getting to a place of pleasure as quickly as possible. And that being the case, that forces us or prompts us to make some very poor poor decisions uh, a lot of the time. And the last enemy of great decision-making that I quickly want to talk about would be overconfidence. Now, overconfidence is nothing but a combination of narrow framing, confirmation bias, and short-term stresses and emotions run wild. So, for example... When we narrow frame, we focus in on one or two things. We have an opinion about that, and we have confirmation bias on that opinion, and that opinion becomes stronger and stronger. We collect evidence to support that opinion. We ignore evidence that goes against that opinion. So now we're very sure about a very limited amount of evidence. And then the short-term stresses for uh, and emotions come into play for either pleasure or to get rid of pain. And next thing you know, the narrow focus becomes worse. The confirmation bias becomes worse. Next thing you know, we feel very confident about our opinion, and we're making a decision that's probably not the best decision. So, those are the four enemies. So, what do we do about it? Well, let's talk about narrow focus first. When we narrow focus, what we're doing essentially is we're focusing in on a small amount of information. To help avoid narrow focusing, realize in advance that this is a natural human tendency, and come in and forcefully bring in other opinions, bring in other options. So what I like to do is I force myself to come up with three extra options than what I'm thinking of Right away, if I'm narrow focusing and those options don't have to be wonderful options, they just have to be other options and just the fact that I interrupted myself and I looked for other options, in other words, I was, I had some sort of a self-awareness that there were, there were possibly other options available, even if those options are no good, the mere fact that I brought them in breaks my pattern. I have of narrow focusing and it also relieves stress so that helps break that down now when you do this you don't want to bring in too many options because if you bring in too many options you get what we call overwhelmed but to have a couple of additional options and get yourself thinking a little bit out of the box and a little bit more creatively can really really help with making a really great decision when we talk about confirmation bias One of the things I love to do is I force myself to come up with the opposite story. So, for example, if I am convinced that the market is going down and I have all this this evidence to support the markets going down, I say, well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if the opposite story was true? What if somebody else had the opinion that the market was going up? And I can guarantee you somebody else does have the opinion that the market's going up even if you have the opinion and all this evidence that the market's going down. So what I do is I say, well, well, let me pretend to be that other person. Let me pretend that I was convinced the market was going up. What is the evidence that I have? What evidence could I collect that the market was going up? And I go in and I make the story and I try to make the story as strong as my story for the market going down. Now. I have two stories and then I can compare those stories And I can see which one actually has more evidence. Now, I'm I'm always going to be biased toward the story of my original story almost all the time. And I know that ahead of time. So I I can kind of mentally adapt for that a little bit. But my point being is now instead of being 100% convinced the market's going down, I can say, well, there's a case for the market going up. And I can try to put probabilities on that. In other words, I don't have to know if the market's going up or down. As a matter of fact, I can't know if the market's going up and down. If I did say with 100% ch- probability or 99% probability the market's going down, that really wouldn't be accurate. It wouldn't be beneficial for me if you making a decision. But if I said, well, you know, I look at all the evidence and I, I looked at the cases for the market going up, I looked at the cases for the market going down, and I say there's a 70% chance the market's going to go down and a 30% chance the market's going to go up. If I do that, that gives me a different outlook on what's going on. It's going to give me different feelings, and it's also going to create a different decision, probably a much better decision based on the actual evidence that's out there and taking a look at the whole picture. As far as short-term stresses and emotions, if I have short-term stresses and emotions, I know that this is going to try and give me confirmation bias, and it's going to try to lead me to narrow framing. So I want to get rid of that if I can, or at least... Uh, take a look at what's going on and I want to realize that I am having short-term stresses and that's going to tend to prompt me to do something maybe a little bit irrational. So I have this decision that I have to make, right? Or that that I'm telling myself I have to make, but I have this decision to make. And a lot of times when we're under the pressure of a decision, we think it's a life and death decision here that we're making and we get all freaked out about it. But the reality is a lot of the decisions you make that you think are life and death right now, the reality is in 10 years, the decision you make a lot of times doesn't matter. So what I like to do is I use it to the 10-10-10 rule where I ask myself, the, what are the consequences of this decision going to be in 10 minutes? What are they going to be in 10 months? And what are they going to be in 10 years? In other words, when I, when I get past this, this decision, I look back on what I did how am I going to feel about it then? And that helps me look into the future. And um, like I said, it's like there's a wall in front of you when you're facing a short-term decision. Like this is the end. I have to make the right decision right now. By asking yourself what will happen in in 10 minutes or 10 years, when I look back at this decision, it helps you see through that, letting you know you're going to be okay with either decision more, more than likely. And it'll help you take a look at what the best decision might be for this given situation. And, of course, the last thing, overconfidence. Yeah, Like I said, you're overconfident because you're narrow-framed, you've had confirmation bias going on, and you have some short-term stress that you're trying to deal with. And that being the case, if we deal with these other three items, overconfidence shouldn't be a problem. But it is imperative to understand that if you are 100% sure of anything, to question whether or not, you are narrow framing, you are confirming your biases, and now you're under a little bit of stress. Okay? So look out for those biases and make sure you're aware that they're there and then do some work ahead of time so that you can deal with them when they show up. And that's what I have for you today. If you like what you saw here, I encourage you to visit us today at LockInYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, in InYourSuccess.com. And check out our pro membership so that you too can make quantum leaps in your trading and in your life. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Trading Performance Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to check out my Trading Performance Membership, where we take all this material to the next level. We study it and we apply it to bring our trading performance to peak levels. Simply go to tradingperformancepodcast.com. That's one word, trading performance Podcast. to receive information on how you too can become involved and improve your trading. I look forward to seeing you there.